What are you doing? What are you doing that sets you up for the miracle that you're asking for? Are you walking in the direction of the miracle that you've been asking for? Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you're with us today as we are going to be wrapping up our series from John chapter 2. It's a, a message called A Wedding Gone Wild. And Pastor, last time we began to look at the uh, truth that if we are asking God for something, if we want Him to show up in a, a big way, we need to be an active participant in what we're asking of Him. And it sounds like that's exactly what we're drilling down on again today. If we're asking for God to do something big, we need to be willing to be a part of what we're asking. Right, because God always wants to include us in what He's doing, hmm. you yeah. know, so that we can see that uh, the awesome, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God wants to partner with us. That's mind-blowing, isn't it? It is. It's very mind-blowing. And he wants us to be participants in what he's doing so that we can comprehend how much he really loves us, cares for us, and desires to use us. Hmm. You know, the Bible says that we should become vessels unto honor. And you know what I call a person who's a believer who does not want to be a vessel that God can use and pour into, you know what I call what it, do you Steve? Call an ornament. Because huh. if yeah. you're not a vessel, you're just an ornament. My wife yeah. has them all over the place, you know, and uh, they're on the mantle and on the dresser and, and they just sit there. Yeah. You know, you just look at them. They're just dust collectors. You know, it, that's all they yeah. are, uh, you know, and they're money drainers. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, oh, no, no, no. If you're listening, sweetheart, they look beautiful, gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Good save right there. Or yeah, hopefully, yeah, oh, hopefully yeah. a good save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, you bring up a, a great point because, you know, you, you use the word ornament. The first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, things you hang on a Christmas tree in December. Right, you know, right. they, they're just there to look pretty. Yeah. Um, but they're not actually really doing anything. That's right. And, and you know, if we want to see God do something, the fact that he invites us into what he's doing is such a cool thing. It is too, man. It's phenomenal that, uh, you know, I think of that commercial. I don't know if you remember it, uh, but it was a commercial about shake and bake. Okay. And there was a Southern lady and she's cooking chicken. And uh, she began to tell us about the attributes of shake and bake. And she said, it's shake and bake. And the little girl said, and I helped. Right, yeah. Yeah, you remember that commercial? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it's like you heard about the elephant and the flea. The flea was on the elephant's back, and they went across a bridge. And after they got over the bridge, the flea said, we sure shook that bridge, didn't we? Yeah, right. Well, we're the flea, you know, <laughs> yep. and God's the elephant. But the fact that he allows us to participate. Yeah. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, we are laborers together with God. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, wow, that's, yeah. that's powerful. Well, that's what we're going to be uh, spending some time looking at today from John chapter 2. So grab a Bible and join us there as we continue A Wedding Gone Wild. Here's Pastor Ford. That's it. So often we want Christ to turn water into wine, but we won't get the pots. And we won't take the cup to the governor. 
Okay, okay. In other words, you haven't done what you're supposed to do. And there are people all the time, Jesus, I'm waiting on you. And Jesus saying, uh-uh, I'm waiting on you. How about you waiting on me? Go get the pots. Go get the cup. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, look in Scripture. Jesus did miracles. But I guarantee you, they had a part to play in the miracle. Okay, uh, let me give the passages. I hate to get the Bible in this, but now a word from our sponsor. Matthew 17, 27. What happened there? Let me tell you what happened there. You can look at it later. Matthew uh, 17, 27. Peter came to Jesus and said, oh, man, they're asking us about our taxes, man. And, uh, you know, right now, you know, they're trying to cut all the taxes on the rich, and they just taxing the poor. You know, we got a pop tax. We got a bag tax. And Jesus, <laughs> Jesus these taxes are just overbearing. And so, and so Jesus said this, go down to the Sea of Galilee, put a pole in the water. You're going to catch a fish. When you catch the fish, open his mouth, there'll be a coin in it. Take the coin out and go pay our taxes so we won't be audited by the IRS. Now, what if Peter would have said, that doesn't make sense. Judas has the money. How come you just don't send them to me and let me take it? No, no. Go down to the Sea of Galilee. Throw a pole in the water. See, if you don't do, Peter, what I tell you to do, you're never going to get the money. What are you doing? What are you doing that sets you up for the miracle that you're asking for? Are you walking in the direction of the miracle that you've been asking for? I've been asking for a bestseller because I, I want to pay off the sanctuary by myself. That's $2.7 million right now. And every book I write, is this it? Is this it? So guess what? So far, I'm on my seventh book. But guess what? Hadn't happened yet. Hadn't become a bestseller yet. So guess what? I'm almost done with my book on forgiveness. So I, I'm, I'm almost done with my eighth book, and my seventh book isn't even out yet. And my next book is going to be a new look at an old psalm, the 23rd psalm. I'm put, you see what I'm saying? I remember the first time it happened. I said, God, I need a bestseller. And God said, you need to write a book because <laughs> I didn't have any books. So now what I'm doing, I'm writing, I'm writing, and I'm writing four books a year, one every three months. Now, whenever you see me run up in here and bum rush the, 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 the platform and break up the praise team and say, I got an announcement, that's what it's going to be. I got my bestseller. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Get it? I'm going to do like everybody else. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's coming. I believe it. Oh, I know it's coming because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Amen. Yeah, so I'm going to do what I can do. He's going to do what I can't do. Come on, say it with me. I must do what I can do so that he can do what I can't do. Come on. I must do what I can do so that he can do what I can't do. Come on, say it again. Say, without God, I can't. Without me, God won't. And that's it. And so John chapter 9, verse 7, the man born blind. 
Jesus told him, go wash in the pool of Salome. That's about a quarter of a mile away from where Jesus was. He blind. Uh, can you hear me? Anybody out there? Right, I'm going to pool of Salome. Why you put him through all them changes? Because I want him to be a part of what I'm doing so that he knows that his healing was in part due to his obedience to my command. I tell them all the time, it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy to have a good marriage. Oh, yes, it is. Husband, love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. It's easy if you trust Jesus and believe him. Ain't all that hard. We got a good relationship. Let me tell you why. I'm from her part. She submits. That's why it ain't a dirty word to her. I'm her head. I made her stop calling me Lord because some people get it confused. She called me Lord. Daniel, all the time. My Lord, my Lord. Let's say, we ain't in Great Britain, baby. Quit calling me that. You know, it's, like, it's like somebody made a mistake, you know, and say that church is a cult. He got the people, got his wife talking about Lord. I bet she walked behind them too, I guess. No, but, but we, you know, it, it's, like, it's like even when I'm wrong, she defers to me. And she never tells me, you were wrong. She just looks at me, you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all in here. Now, are you listening? Come on. And are you obeying? That's the thing. Luke 17, 11 through 19. Remember the 10 lepers. Jesus told them, go show yourself to the priest. What's so powerful about that? Leviticus says that after you are healed, go show yourself to the priest. Jesus is telling them before you're healed, go to the priest. So they're walking in faith. And remember the verse? It says, as they went, as they were in the process of obeying him, this don't make sense. You read the Bible. What's he, I thought he was the Messiah. Don't he know the Bible? The Bible say you show yourself after. But all 10 of them said, uh-uh, we going because he said, show ourselves now. Hmm. Wow. Now think about this. He didn't do anything. He didn't touch them. And he didn't say anything. Wow. You know, in Matthew 8, verse 9, there was a centurion. He wanted his servant healed. He said, Jesus, would you heal my servant? Jesus said, okay, where do you live? He said, you don't have to come to my house. You ain't got to come to my crib. I'm the one who has authority. And I say to one, go do this, and they do it. I say to another, go there, and they go. You know what Jesus says? I have not found such great faith not in Israel. A Roman centurion had more faith than the people who the Messiah came for. As a matter of fact, there's only two people in the Bible that, where he commended their faith. One was a Roman soldier. The other was a Syrophoenician woman. Gentiles. We're going to pause right there, but we'll continue this message, Wedding Gone Wild, in just a moment. You've been listening to a sermon from John chapter 2. And if you missed any part of this broadcast or any previous broadcast in the series, you can always come to our website and listen online. Come to treasuredtruthradio.org. 
while you're there, you can click on the Stay Connected bar, and you're going to find links there to our Facebook page or Twitter feed and a link that will allow you to download the Moody Radio app. Now, the app is handy because not only is it free, but it allows you to connect with not just this Bible teaching radio program, but other programs produced by Moody Radio and music streaming stations. Again, get started at treasuredtruthradio.org and look for Stay Connected. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. You know, I'm, I read these stories, you know, because I, I want to get inspired. I read these stories, and I'm reading about unsaved people who tithed and became rich. Just using the principles of Scripture. I said, man, that's, that's amazing. The principles work. <laughs> and so here's what happens. Notice what it says. It says that he turned the water into wine. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants withdrew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, every man at the beginning does suffer forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. He realized that this was the best wine. Jesus can turn your water into wine. Well, I don't know about for you, but for me, turn drug money into rent money. I know people where uh, they were a hoe and he turned them into somebody holy. I know pimps who became preachers. He turned pimps into preachers. I know drug dealers who became deacons. Yeah, I know pole dancers who became praise dancers. He did it. Look at the transformations that takes place in the water to wine. Moses from a murderer into a liberator. Joseph from a prisoner into a president. David, a kid into a king. Paul, a persecutor into a preacher. Rahab, a woman of the night turned into a woman of the light. John chapter 4, the woman went from shacking to shouting to sharing. Yeah, it is, it is our God that does that. I don't know about you, but I know about me. He did what? He made treasure out of trash. He made jewels out of junk. He took glory out of garbage, riches out of rubbish, diamonds out of debris, righteousness out of riffraff, majesty out of a mess, worship out of waste, deliverance from... from Listen, he can get hallelujah out of a homosexual. That's right. And so Christ's power is demonstrated. Christ's participation must be desired. Christ's purpose must be discerned. Here's the last one. Christ's praise must be declared. Now, you got to see some things in this text. 10 and 11, it's declared. But let me say this first. Look at the symbolism and the types that's in this text. The number six is the number four. Somebody hollered out. Man. That's right. Six is the number for man. Uh, so then, what do you have? Man, and then Jesus comes along. So you have, they have no wine. It's a picture of the insufficiency of humanity to bring joy, celebration, and festivity because wine is a symbol of joy. So then, when the Man has insufficiency. Christ comes along and shows us his all-sufficiency. So our deficiency in inefficiency becomes all-sufficiency with Christ's sufficiency. He lets us know that. 
that, that uh, when we look at it, water into wine represents the new birth. It was one substance and it is totally transformed into another substance. Therefore, if any man, woman, boy, or girl be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And then remember now, it's all done by grace because nobody asked him. He just did it. That's called grace. He didn't charge him anything. That's called grace. Isaiah 55, 1, he says, come buy from me this salvation with no money. Now, how do you buy something and then don't, it don't cost you anything? You figure that out. I ain't got time to put it in this sermon. And so here you have uh, the, the, the water of Judaism must give way to the wine of Christianity. That there's a turnaround now. And why do it at a marriage feast? We saw it last week. Because it's a symbol of Christ and his bride, the church. That he's the one that gives us joy. He's the one that's cause for celebration. He's the one that makes it a festival. It's him. It's him. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, rejoice. And so what's happening here? Look, look at this, 10 and 11. Notice this, this beginning of miracles, look, when the new birth happens, that's the basic. That's where you start. It's the beginning of miracles. Do you understand that, that, that it's just the beginning? <laughs> and manifests forth his glory and his disciples believe on him. Okay, so now look what happens. The servants know the miracle. The governor doesn't. Disciples know. Three reasons. Let me just drop them. I'm not going to push them. Glorification, validation, salvation. Come on, say it with me. Glorification, validation, salvation. In other words, what are these signs that we're looking at about? He's the Messiah. Going to prove he's God by words and work. Words by themselves mean nothing, and works without the words won't clarify. So now he manifests or shown forth his glory. What does that mean? I like what the ambassador said when he was here in 1991. He said uh, God's glory means that God has bodily bling. I like that. I like that. You say, what's going on? This is him. Don't look for anybody else. This is the one. None of these other so-called gods are going to be able to satisfy and give salvation. Only Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap it up. But guess what? Uh, we got these suits, right? And so uh, uh, we were going to give them away. Well, some of the guys that went to get them say, hey, man, take a couple suits. And so a couple brothers took a couple suits. And then Brother Roland, our, our custodian, one of our custodians, I said, take a couple suits. He took a couple suits. So then they're getting ready to put them up in the old sanctuary so we can storm there, get them out of my office. They're everywhere. And so Brother Thomas, uh, Roland got Brother Thomas to help him out. Brother Thomas comes back and I say, you know what, get you a couple. He said, man, I was going to ask you, can I have a couple of them suits? I said, yeah, man, get you a couple. So he grabs one and he throws it aside. And I said, is that your size? He said, yeah. I said, well, why you throw it aside? He said, well, I was going to look through. I said, no, you want that one, man. He said, well, why would I want that? I said, that's a Joseph Abu. He said, a Joseph who? I said, Joseph Abu. 
Some say abood, but the D is silent. Joseph abood. I said, man, that suit is about two grand. That's a two-stack suit. He grabbed it. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. He put it down. And then he picked up another one. And he put it down. And I said, why are you putting that one down? He said, well, you know, I said, that's a Frederick Lynn. A Frederick Lynn custom made here in Chicago. It's based here. I said, that was about three, that's $5,000 worth of suits, man. You about to put away. He grabbed both of them. He said, this is it for me then. And then he said this, I'll never forget it. He said, I'm glad I'm in a place where I'm with a person who knows the names. I said, I said, I've got my pen. He said, what you getting ready to do? I said, I'm going to preach that, man. You're glad you're in a place where a person knows the names. Yeah, I know the name Joseph Abu. I know the name Frederick Lynn, but there's a name that's above every name. At the sound of that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue. And I know that name. His name is Jesus, the son of the living God. Jesus, the Lord of glory. Jesus, the king of kings. And the, that's the name. That's the name. Aren't you glad you're in a place that knows the name? Hey, we might not have thousands of people, but we know the name. We may not have money to spare, but we know the name. We not, may not have every ministry going on, but we know the name. And as long as we know the name, we in the game. That's it. And so that's my Jesus. The Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the keeper of creation, the architect of the universe, the manager of all times, the one who always was, is, and ever will be. That's our Jesus. Yeah. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called A Wedding Gone Wild. And maybe as you've been listening to Pastor Ford's teaching, you realize that God is using it to make a difference in your life. We'd love to hear about it. Your your feedback is an encouragement to us. Um, You can always give us your feedback by coming to the website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. We recently heard from a listener in Tennessee who writes, I read my Bible and I pray, but I still couldn't forgive. I lack the perspective to truly be able to forgive. That is, until I came across the sermon about being able to forgive the unforgivable. I happened to stumble across the exact message I needed in my life at the exact moment I needed it. I listened to the sermon for what felt like 15 times, and it really spoke to me. I just wanted to say thank you for what you do. I know my life isn't the only one that you've touched, but I needed to reach out and say thank you. I know the Lord has a positive path for me in my life, and for the first time in my life, I can say I wholeheartedly agree with that. Well, Bo, thanks for letting us know that Pastor Ford's teaching is making a difference in your walk with Christ. Again, you can always give us your feedback when you come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org, and click on the contact link. Well, thanks for doing that. Thanks for listening. Thanks also to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of the Moody Bible Institute.